recently got back from vacation. Uh, we decided to spend, you know, a few days on the beach because that's how we roll here in the Orr household. We we all, you know, piled into the private jet and jetted off to the West Coast where where we were pampered, you know, unnecessarily because, again, that's the way we roll. We had a private beach that's been in the family for generations because we're old money, of course. But one morning I got up, we were camping out on the beach um, in our uh, beach house, it, but it wasn't really camping. OK, it was a beach house. Are you are you happy? Anyway, I got up one morning. I got up before everybody else and I went outside, stood on the beach and just marveled at the world around me, the the crispness of the air, the smell of the salt sea, the brightness of the sun, the orange hues as the sun crested the horizon. And then I watched, witnessed as a ocean liner off in the distance just hit some kind of reef or something. I don't know what happened, but before you know it, I'm watching a shipwreck and there's there was just there was nothing I could do. There was nothing within my power to stop what was happening contacting the authorities at that point it just it just would have been too late so all i could do is just stand there on the beach powerless and let it sink in hello and welcome to another episode of just another fanboy i'm your host steven and this is the podcast that has things happening i don't know i always try to say something clever and it never actually happens because I don't write anything. I don't think about it beforehand. I try to say it off the top of my head, and it comes out like a big bowl of poop, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm not afraid to be true and honest about the way in which I go about getting things done and the failures that happen and surround everything that I try to do. I'm okay with it. I'm smiling. I'm not feeling down on myself. I'm not all like, oh, woe is me. Nobody loves me. I can't say anything funny ever. So I'm stupid. No, I don't care is the thing. I just don't honestly give a rat's crap of stuff, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that nothing bothers me. I'm, I'm, I'm unshaken. I'm unflappable. There are no flaps happening around this fella right here. And that's okay. It's okay to not care about things. That's really probably not a good message to be given to folks. You obviously have to care. You shouldn't really care too much about what other people think about you unless they think you're a, a murderer you know you might want to you might want to start looking inward if everybody around you says i think that guy's a murderer there's something about that guy that tells me he kills people on a twice daily basis that's probably something you want to look at yourself in the mirror and see what it is that you are evoking that makes people look at you and go oh murderer right there that's the guy if uh, if a murder happened, this is probably the guy that did it. I've really gone off on a tangent here at the beginning of this podcast. Did I say tangent or did I say tangent? I don't know. That's that's not where my mind is right now, folks. I am just trying to tell you that I'm happy to be here, I guess, in a roundabout way. That's that's what all that was about. I am happy to be here and I hope you're happy that I'm happy. I mean, I hope you're happy. 
I would really hate to find out that you are really angry about listening to my podcast, because frankly, if listening to my podcast angers you, don't listen to it. I mean, it's just that simple. Just just don't press play. Just walk away. It's nobody's forcing this upon you. If somebody is forcing this upon you, you should probably call someone in authority. However, again, tangenting, just tangenting the day away. Because today, I'm not really supposed to be talking about whether or not you come across to people as a murderer or if somebody is forcing you to listen to my show. No, I am setting forth once more along the path, down the river, driving down the highway, walking through the forest. I am trying to use every metaphor I can without actually using the word journey. But I'm going to say it. I'm on the journey of Madman, because today we're talking about Madman Comics, issue number two. This was published by Dark Horse Comics. It was written by Mike Allred with colors by Laura Allred. It was published in June of 1994, and it cost $2.95 and still boasted the title, The World's Snappiest Comic Magazine, because you know what? It really was. It really was. It really was. So if you remember when last we left Frank and his friends, Dr. Flem and Joe, and I think there was somebody else there too. I can't quite remember now off the top of my head. I'm going to have to move forward here and see who else we got. Yes, Dr. Gale Gale was there as well. They had discovered a spaceship. They had found out how to get aboard the spaceship and were immediately taken capture taken capture, taken captive. They were captured by an alien who seemed rather smiley. He had a big smile on his face. I think he said to him, hi, my name is Mott. Can we be friends? Well, when we open up this issue, the the title of this story is called Deuce Ex Machina. And we have a splash page that in the middle of it, we see Frank running from this alien, and then surrounding what's happening in the center, we see various characters. One is this dude that we saw earlier in the series when Frank had, uh, now I can't remember what issue that was in, but Frank had seen his future. He saw the way he was going to die, and there was a, a big dude, big blue guy that was killing him. We see him up in the corner. He's upside down, and he's saying, I didn't mean to kill him. Well, I did, but not really. And then we see a panther-looking guy who is also upside down, and he's saying, do you think he's totally dead this time? And then we see some folks down at the bottom. There is a, I don't know, somebody that looks kind of like Nova from Marvel, but not quite, and he's got the letters CC on his chest. There is a weird zombie-looking dude with the with a T-shirt on that says Creep. There's some kind of liquid pus guy down at the bottom. And then a dude with wings who is very shadowy. And he is saying, I've no feeling for him. It's unlikely this is real. So these are all characters I believe that we are going to see in future issues. Again, I did not finish reading this series through Dark Horse. I started it up again when Image Comics started publishing the book. And I didn't finish it then as well. So a lot of this for me is going to be just me finally finishing these, this series. But this is a book I have read before. I had gotten this far into the series before I stopped reading for whatever reason. It was probably financial. And I know that at least two of these dudes, the zombie-looking guy in the creep shirt and the weird liquidy pus dude, I'll just say he's not pus, uh, but we do see both of these dudes later. 
And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to speak on them too much um, because I, I do know we're going to see them later. And I'm assuming that means we're going to see these others uh, later on in the book somewhere as well. So we got Frank here running from this alien, which we find out is just a dream. He wakes up from his dream. He is still in this chair that he is strapped to. It's like an organic chair. The technology in the ship seems to be techno-organic. He sees that his friends are in tubes that are being filled with some kind of gel. And so he breaks free as the alien Mott walks in. And Mott seems to be, he doesn't seem to be aggressive. He is, he's telling Frank, ah, awake again. You'll be rid of that fatigue in no time. Frank asks, what are you doing to us as a, as a tube starts descending upon him, a tube with this gel in it? Mott says, oh, just cleaning up. But Frank, his narration, he's saying to himself, the words cattle guts shot through my brain. And he starts freaking out because he's on an alien spaceship. He thinks he's going to be gutted like a cow, you know, the whole cattle mutilation thing. And so he breaks free and he starts to make his escape. Well, these weird claw things, they look almost like chicken feet. These weird bird claw things just start coming out of the ceiling and trying to snatch onto him. And as he's running away, Mott is yelling at him, don't go, I'm helping you. And, uh, but uh, Frank's just too freaked out to understand what's going on. He just, he sees aliens and he thinks bad things. Well, one of these chicken leg things, these freaking bird claw things, almost get him and he grabs it and he pops one of the claws in half and a uh, dark red, what we can only assume is blood, just splashes all over him. But eventually he is captured and Maude explains to him that he he's not trying to hurt anybody. He says, hey, 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 settle down. I want to be your buddy. I'm not going to hurt you. And he explains to them that he's not drowning Frank's friends in these tubes. They're being disinfected. He explains that when they came onto the ship, they have, you know, outside bacteria and whatnot on them that that he, he does need to clean them because... His ship is, like I said, techno-organic and whatever diseases or whatnot that they might have, whatever, you know, even something like the common cold could affect his ship. So he's just he's just cleaning them off. Dr. Flem asks him, of course, couldn't you have greeted us in a friendlier manner? And Mott explains that, no, he was actually asleep. He was nested, as as he said, he was automatically nested upon collision. So when his ship crashed into the planet, the uh, the the spaceship basically put him under. That's what I'm assuming he means by nested. He was in a uh, in a protective state. So he was in no state to uh, figure out what was going on. And so the ship kind of just went into survival mode, basically. So they all start kind of talking and they start chatting. And Joe is very pleased with the fact that he speaks their language rather well. And he says he's learned that by listening to a lot of late night talk radio. Gail asks, how long have you been here? And he says, this time, just a couple of days. And Flem finds this all, of course, very interesting. He wants to know how many times Mott has been to their planet. But before Mott can answer, an alarm goes off. The weird, the, the, the other alien from the previous issue that had been chasing Frank and Joe around the park shows up outside the ship. Mott starts freaking out. And he explains to them that this other alien is after him, that it's a female. She wants to marry him and he can't let that happen. He is known as a, you know, the the longest living bachelor on his planet, Hoople. 
And if the name Hoople right away, as soon as he says it in the book, when I first read it, I, of course, had to stop because the alien's name is Mott. He's from the planet Hoople. He is Mott the Hoople. If that doesn't strike any chords with you, let me just read you a little something from Wikipedia. Mott the Hoople are an English rock band popular in the glam era of the early to mid-1970s. They are best known for the song All the Young Dudes, written for them by David Bowie. The song appeared on their 1972 album of the same name. So I've always found that very funny. And they don't make a big deal out of it. They don't spend a lot of time really calling it out. I think that's might be the only time he mentions the fact that his planet was called Hoople. But I always found that very funny. Anyway, the others are kind of confused because they're like, big deal. She wants to marry you. Don't you think maybe it's time you should settle down? And he's like, no, you don't understand. When her kind marry... They eat their husband after the wedding. And so it's not that I just want to remain single. It's not that I'm trying to hold on to my bachelorhood. I don't want to be eaten. I don't want to die. And Dr. Flem comes up with this plan. He says, let's get Mott into the basement. We can get him on the moto router and we can go to my lab in Buzztown because they're currently in Dr. Boyford's place in Snap City. But he says they need to distract the alien. And of course, Who is perfect to distract that alien? Well, it's going to be Frank, of course, which Frank is not all that happy about. Why does it have to be me? Why am I the one that has to go out there and freaking distract this alien? And they never really give him a good answer. It's just, well, Frank, that's just that's kind of what you do. And Joe offers to stay there with him because, of course, she loves Frank. Dr. Flem doesn't like the idea of Joe staying behind and putting herself in harm's way, which annoys Joe. She's basically like, you know, I can I can take care of myself. You don't need to worry about me. And Frank, on the other hand, he also is, well, I, you really should go. You shouldn't stay here. And, and that, of course, makes her even more angry. And she tells him, so what are you going to do to the alien? Sneak up from behind her and whack her on the head? She goes, I have my intuition. Relax and trust me. And so she throws the door open and invites this alien into the house. And she's being very polite. Oh, won't you come in and asks the alien to sit. And the alien reaches out and touches her head because the this this alien female is speaking in a language that nobody can understand. But as as soon as she touches Joe's head, a little antenna pops out of Joe's head. And now Joe can understand what the alien is saying. They can communicate. And she just basically just sits down with this girl, this alien lady, and tells her that she understands. You know, it's it's terrible that that uh it's you know it's hard to find a find a good man and all this stuff and and but she's you know fortunately Mott is not all that interested and um you know you don't want to marry somebody who doesn't want to marry you and Frank is like do, are, do you understand what she's saying? And Joe says, Yeah, her name is Zanel. She is after Mott. I think we can help her understand that it's not a good thing to eat your husband. And Frank says, fat chance of that. Isn't it some kind of inbred thing? Which apparently Zanel understands Frank because she starts crying. And Frank feels horrible that he made the alien cry. But then suddenly, the mutant street beatniks break into the house. Aha! 
One of them says, we got you now, daddy-o. We found your digs. And then they notice the alien and says, yow, gotta cut out. But the alien, Zanel, sees these mutant street beatniks and immediately falls in love with their leader and snatches him up. And Joe asks Frank, she wants to know if we'd care if she took him instead. She says she'd try not to eat him. And Frank doesn't really like the idea too much. It's like, well, we can't just let her have this guy. And Joe's like, well, I don't think there's really anything we can do about it. It's 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 this or or she goes after Mott, you know, and and so basically they just let this alien, this alien woman leave with this mutant street beatnik. Because what Frank says is, gosh, I don't know. What do you think? They do look like a nice couple. Sides, those beatniks have always been kind of (laughs) jerky. And so they just let her leave with this mutant street beatnik. And she she calls down her ship and she's beamed up with him. And they just they (laughs) they just let it happen. They're not sure if it's the right thing to do. But they feel like they don't really have any other choice. Frank's like, ah, heck, why not? You two kids go on. Have a terrific honeymoon. Bon appetit. Which I guess is a reference of him telling the alien it's okay for her to eat this guy. Which just seems, it just, it seems a little bit out of character for Frank. But at the same time, it's it's also very funny. Because both of them, both Joe and Frank, you can tell they're not too happy I mean, really, they're making jokes and they're they're smiling, but they also seem like they're they they don't like that this has to happen. But I don't think I think they just realize they don't have any other choice in the matter. There's there's nothing else that they're going to be able to do to stop this from happening. So when they go back into the house or outside of the house, Frank notices this pink goo on the on the ground and he explains to Joe because he had found some in the previous issue and he explains to Joe that it must have come off of Zanel and that that is what must have turned the street beatniks into mutant street beatniks and that maybe that's why she was so attracted to him because it's some kind of hormonal thing. So they go down in the basement to see if they can catch up with Dr. Flem and Gail and Mott to see if maybe... They hadn't left yet, but they had. And so they spend some time making out in the basement. <laughs> it's really kind of funny. But they still got to get to Snap City. And so they take Dr. Boyford's Magna car, which is, he's he's really excited about. Frank is because he's never he's never been allowed to drive it before. But he figures, you know, he, he they, they got to get to Snap City somehow and they're not going to walk. So they might as well take the car. But before they do... Joe has changed into some new clothes because they've been covered in this slimy goo, this disinfectant the, the entire time. And so she gets on, she puts some new clothes on. So she she says, had to get out of those slimy clothes. I'm glad you at least hosed off. <laughs> he says, so I'm behind on my laundry. And that's not the first time we've heard her make mention of the fact that he wears the same costume all the time. He's been given some new ones. He has options now at this point. And the reason she gave him different costumes is because she makes mention at one point that he's he's starting to stink because he's been wearing the same clothes all the time. So they go to Snap City and they meet Dr. Flem down in, in his basement lab. But when they get down there, they ride the elevator down there and the elevator doors open up and Dr. Flem and Mott and Gale are all fighting with the, just a crap ton of robots that are down in the lab, just just going crazy. And we find out that the helping hands that 
Dr. Fleming created, Marie and Warren, who are just silver balls, silver spheres with, with arms and hands that look like they're wearing Mickey Mouse gloves. They had created these, these robots. They don't know why at this point, but they spend this time uh, deactivating all the robots. Some of them got loose, and so they realize they're going to have to try to deal with that later. But they find out that uh, Warren and Marie had done this as a birthday present for Frank. Frank doesn't have a birthday. He doesn't know his, uh, enough about his previous life to know when he was born. So he technically doesn't have a birthday at this point. But Warren and Marie, they have grown to, they've grown very fond of Frank because as Dr. Flem puts it, he's always been very nice and polite to them. He's always treated them as individuals, has always asked for their opinions. And he had given them autonomous controls. And so they took it upon themselves to try to do something nice for Frank's birthday. They baked him a cake and there were candles on it and Frank blows out his cake. And then they bring out his gift, which is a robot named Astro Man. And he was created using this disc. They had downloaded a bunch of Frank's memories previously at some point, and they had created this robot that's basically Frank as a robot, but he didn't look like Frank. He's got, he's very uh, spacey. He's got fins on his head and he, he has rocket boots and he can shoot laser things out of his hands. And, and, uh, but he's basically Frank. He's got all of Frank's memories and he talks like Frank and he's in love with Joe. Uh, and then suddenly there's this giant robot in the lab that goes after Joe and says that it's got to kill Joe. It's going to smash her against the wall. And Frank and, and Astro Man stop the robot. Then you find out there's another robot inside this giant robot. Well, this robot is a girl robot. And Astro Man recognizes her right away and he calls her Machina. And apparently she was created to be in love with Astro Man. But since Astro Man is basically Frank and he's in love with Joe... She feels her only option is to kill Joe. But then Astro Man realizes he's not in love with Joe. That's just a memory of his. And he's actually in love with Machina. And so they they become boyfriend and girlfriend robots. And the issue ends with Frank realizing he's going to have to go out and find these other robots. And we're left with a little sign that says, next issue horror on the high seas. This was a really fun issue. Uh, lots of, a lot of robots. I really enjoyed the whole Zanel alien and just she, the, the mutant street beatniks just keep popping up and she just decides that she's in love with one of them. And she's basically like, Hey, can I, can I take this one with me? I, I promise I won't eat it. And, uh, just Joe and, and Frank just not knowing what to do in that situation. And so just they just let it happen. They don't they don't know how to stop it. So they just they just let it happen. They just let her take this mutant street beatnik who just one issue earlier was just a regular street beatnik. And now he's a mutant street beatnik. And now he's he's taken off to live in space with this freaking alien lady. A lot of fun. Astro Man, I don't, I remember Astro Man, but I don't remember how big of a presence he is in this book. I have this, this uh, Madman print that hangs on my wall that I, I think I bought either in Chicago or it was something I ordered when I was working at the comic book store. And it's, it was created around the time that the Dark Horse comic was out. 
So it's got it's got Mott on it, and I think it has Astro Man on it. And I I feel there's going to come a point where the top of Astro Man's head is shaved off because it's not not exactly torn off. It's it. I don't I don't remember much about what's going to happen with Astro Man. I don't remember how big. Like I said, I don't remember how big of a presence he's going to have in this book or how how much Mott is going to be hanging around. But the fact that they were both on this print makes me feel like they're they're going to be a big part of the series going forward. We'll just have to see what happens after this. I do know that the cover to the next issue, Horror on the High Seas, uh, has some kind of big ocean liner on it. Not sure what that's about. I don't remember what happened in that issue. Uh, so I'm really excited about moving on. I I'm Like I said, I'm at a point where I have read these issues before. I have not reached the issues in which I have not read. But it's been a long time since I've read these, and so they are feeling quite new to me, and they're just they're just a whole heck of a lot of fun. And I again I, I say it every time, but I love the relationship between Frank and Joe. And I don't again I don't I don't remember where that's going. Um, even though this is all stuff I've read before, it's still it's all fairly new to me all over again, and and I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it because of that. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens going forward. Um, I don't know if any of y'all are reading these along with me. I'd like to, I'd like to know if you are and what you're thinking. Have you read these before? I think I ask this every time. Is this, is this a series you're familiar with or are you reading it now because I've been talking about it? And if so, how do you, how do you feel about them? What do you think? Are you enjoying them? Because I'm just, I'm just having a ball with these. This is one of my top five favorite comic series of all time. It's just, it's always going to have a special place in my heart because I just, I just fell in love with this book from day one, from the moment I picked up that first issue, which was actually the previous issue, the issue number one of Madman Comics, which is the third series. That's where I started. And I, I, I fell in love with it right from the start. And here's the thing. As some of you are probably aware, I do audio-only versions of these episodes out on, on my YouTube channel. So you can listen to my podcast through Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or freaking Audible, even Amazon Music. They're pretty much anywhere that you can get a podcast, you can listen to these shows, listen to these episodes there. But I'm also putting them up audio, they're videos, but they're audio only videos of these episodes as well. And I do get some discovery from the YouTube channel. And just recently I had, well, back in November is when I had done the Madman part seven. This is Madman part eight. So episode 139 of just another fanboy, Madman part seven, that went up on November 24th. Well, just five days ago, somebody listened to the episode through YouTube. His name is Aaron Smith. And he posted a comment that just said, dude, go read crossover ASAP. And if you are a member of my Patreon, you know that I have read issue number one of crossover because it was a book of the month. It was the book y'all picked all my Patreon, my all my patrons picked for whatever month that came out. And I did read issue number one and I did enjoy it, but I had decided I was not going to go forward with the, the, the series until it came out on trade. But the fact that this guy commented that on an episode dealing with Madman made me go out there and look. There were issues two and three, and I read both issues. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a reason he left that comment 
on an episode dealing with Madman. There is a total reason he did that. And I am glad he did. And so now I've got a another book that I'm reading. But um, if you're not reading Crossover, you probably should if you're a, if you're a fan of of these episodes um, and you're interested at all in the character. I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to say <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, but I feel like I already have. So I'm not going to say much more than that. But that's it. That's the end of this episode. I want to let everybody know that if you go to the website, justanotherfanboy.com, I have a new link up there in the menu called shop. I've got a couple of new t-shirts out. I made a couple of t-shirts through my Just Another Fanboy store, and uh, I'm wearing one of them right now. Too bad this is audio. You can't see it. But one of them that I'm, I really, and I, I like both of the, uh, the t-shirts I put out there. I bought both of them myself because I want to see how well they look. You know, did they come together? Do they look like crap? I don't want to sell something that looks like crap. And they both look really good. They're on Hanes Beefy Tees, which are good t-shirts, nice, thick, sturdy material. Um, and I have one that's just the Just Another Fanboy logo. It's on there nine times, nine of the circles in different colors. So it's the logo of many colors. And then I have my Be Nice to Each Other shirt because... If you're aware, you're probably aware. If you listen to the show, you know that I close out every episode by saying, be nice to each other. It's just something that I thoroughly believe in, that we all should be nice to each other. I think I think the world would spin a little brighter if we all did that. But go out there and check them out. I think they're priced very reasonably. Um, just another fanboy.com. Click on the option for shop. Beyond that, hey, if you want to join my Patreon, I would encourage you to do so for as little as a dollar a month. Go over to patreon.com slash Stephen R. Or get in on my other podcast, which is called My Other Podcast. I've been putting a bonus episode up each week. They come out once a week, and I've been putting out two episodes recently because I've been watching WandaVision and immediately recording my thoughts and getting the episode up there. I have been releasing those now on the Just Another Fanboy feed. So you're going to get them here as well. But if you want to get them pretty much the day that the WandaVision episode came out, you got to be a member of my Patreon. And again, it's a little over, it's just, it's just, it's a dollar a month. You can pay more. Sure. That option is there, but a dollar a month is all you need to get my other podcast every single week. We, I talk about all kinds of stuff over there. Books that I don't have time to talk about here on Just Another Fanboy, uh, just all kinds of stuff. Whatever I'm thinking about that day that I make the, that I create the episode, I talk about stuff that might be coming up on Just Another Fanboy or changes I'm thinking about making, just all kinds of stuff. So go check it out, patreon.com slash Stephen R. Or. Until then, my name is Stephen and I'm Just Another Fanboy. Be nice to each other, wear a mask, stay safe.
and she wants to marry him and he can't let that happen. He he, he can't let that and blah, 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 blah. she wants to He had given them as some of you are probably aware, not only do I have these videos out or not videos, good lord. 